It is Thursday, February 22nd, and welcome, JP, to ExoPolitics Today. How are you doing, Doc? It's a pleasure to be here on ExoPolitics to bring this beautiful information to you. Well, I'm, I'm very glad that you're able to give us an update. It's been uh, a few weeks now. So, yeah, why don't you tell us, what, what is it that recently happened? Well, I, I just also want to thank the public, you know, for following me and and being there for me on YouTube and on Instagram. It's really beautiful, the people that are starting to follow me from Brazil and all over Europe and United States, South America. It's amazing, the support. And I just want to thank public for that. You're listening to ExoPolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. We were heading to a field, right? Everybody got into like an SUV, a total of like five people. Three people sitting in the back, two in the middle, and the other two, the one that was driving and the other one that was sitting in the passenger side. We took an SUV and we drove more into like like a practice zone. So we we drove there and we had all blacks. So I knew something was going to go down. You know, when you get that feeling, oh, okay, some, something is going to go down. So we parked, we got out, and then out of nowhere, Four beautiful helicopters, Apache Black Hawk helicopters, started landing. And I'm like, man, what's going to happen? And Dan, he was there with us, but he had a mask on. I didn't see his face, but I know his voice. I said, Dan, is that you? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Dan, is that you? Yeah, man, shut up. Yeah, that's me. So I knew I knew his voice. So he was there with us in, in this particular mission that we were going to. JP, do you ever have to wear a mask on these any of these missions? Were you wearing a mask or is it just some of the soldiers do? It, it is voluntary, but they do want you to wear the mask. It's not one of those COVID masks. It's, it's a mask that's connected to your ACH. Okay. You, you want to explain a little more what, what that would look like? Uh, yeah, a skiing mask similar to that and it has like a little round filtration system in it on the right side of it and it gives space to your to your mouth like one or two inches so you're you'll sound like this and people will still understand you but these particular masks are connected to everybody so everybody can hear you clear like this but if you're not wearing a mask, you'll 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 hear people like this. So it, it's kind of interesting how everybody's connected, has a mic to it. But so so it's like uh, it's not made of like a fabric. It's more like a plasticish type of mask. Okay, so you and the other five guys all, were all wearing the masks. You could you could take it off. You could take it off. It it, it buttons on to the particular helmet that we wear. Yeah, it's interesting what they give us when we go out to these particular missions because they, I think they know the type of elements that we're going to run into. 
So we, we started stepping on the helicopter. The driver said, oh, these helicopters are here for you guys. And we're like, oh, shit. Oh, man. Oh, crap. All right. We didn't know about this. I said, yeah, you're never going to know about this. So we went where the helicopter landed. And we started going. And, you know, everybody ducks their heads because those those helicopters, you know, those propellers, you know, you need to be careful. So <laughs> it's an instinct. Instinto that you have to lower your head and all that to get into these helicopters. So we got into these helicopters and we we strapped in and we waited like 10 minutes and they were giving us there was a medic giving shots and you know I I know probably a lot of people are going to be mad about this but I assure you that we do everything and we take precaution on everything that we do and you trust each other. That's the main thing of being in the military you have to trust each other and if the medic wants to give you a shot for this particular mission that you're going on to you're going to take the shot you know so um i took i took the shot and there's, the, four, and there's four black hawk helicopters you said but all of you got onto one yeah there was already there's already other people already you can see other people already there so they picked up other people from different spots but i noticed i noticed Everybody seemed like not dazed, but like sleepy in the other helicopters. So I'm like, oh shit, this shit's gonna put us down. This whatever this shot is. So I got I got the shot, and I felt this taste under my tongue. It was a weird like uh, vinegar taste, and I just we just dozed off. I don't know what time we were. On, I was already on the helicopter strapped on. And they were giving shots to everybody. And I guess after 10 minutes, I just blacked out. And I don't remember nothing of how long was the trip or how long was this place. When I opened my eyes, they they cracked a, a waker and they put it to our nose. And I just woke up and my eyes were just wide open and everything was like white. And I was hearing the helicopters, the other two helicopters taking off. And you can see the other people. There was Marines. There was Air Force personnel. There was people from different countries um, dressed in different uniforms. We were in this big, big ice-looking cavern. I think I sent you the pictures on WhatsApp on the idea of how it looked like. Okay, so those pictures you sent, they resemble how it looked. But that they weren't of the actual incident. Just resembling of how it went and how it went down. So we saw this big cavern and we saw the, another helicopter landing in the middle of the cavern. I was like, oh, where the hell are we at? It was cold as shit. It was, it was really cold. I'm not saying it's Antarctica or the North Pole or the South Pole, but I know it was a cold place. I know North America is in winter right now, so it could have been anywhere in um, Canada. That's the closest thing I can think where maybe this type of cavern would be and everything is frozen. Now, just to understand this, I mean, you, you, you got on this Black Hawk helicopter with five other guys. There's a bunch of other Black Hawks. You, you get the shot, then you wake up. And you're in the Black Hawk. I mean, this other location. I mean, did the Black Hawk do that? Because the Black Hawks can't go that fast. I mean, to go to go it, from it, it, it must have been probably 
a place that was really close. I don't know. I blacked out. I don't know how much time went by. And I was looking at my watch and it was showing the same time as when I left. So it wasn't making sense to me, the the situation that we were in. So it could have been that they took us to another location, put us on a TR3B, everybody, I guess, asleep, and then took us to another location and then put us back on a Apache helicopter. But that would be too much work. So I, I don't think that was the case. I think, I, I don't know where it was. I can't say that it's Antarctica. I, I don't know where it was. But I know it was a cavern and it had it had ice on it. And you can see like a waterfall that was like frozen that was coming in from the hole that where the helicopters were coming into and landing. And it, it was a cold place. and. It puzzled me the same way as puzzling you as where maybe the location might be because a helicopter cannot travel that far, that fast. Or I don't know how long it took. Yeah, they don't travel that fast. So it, it must have been somewhere close to Florida, but I don't know where it would be frozen like that near Florida or near the lower states. Not less uh, maybe a mountain that's located with snow in um, the Georgias or the Carolinas. Um, more sense, some some sort of icy cavern somewhere where there's snow at the moment. So I do not know where the location was, and my phone was not working, my watch was not working. We were as confused, like where the hell this place is at. But I remember. We were on a high snowy place, but inside a cavern, it was really nice. Um, you could see the sun peeking into the hole and there's like a river. And then we walked more in the cavern, like probably like three football fields in the cavern. And then we see this, this structure that looked like a temple. It looked beautiful. It looked with so much details, but you could tell. It was like a type of granite marble, made of granite marble, similar to how they build in Spain. I don't know if you're familiar with the Sagrada Familia church over there. The uh, type of detail the they have over there. The Gothic type style architecture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that has a lot of um, a lot of detail and all that. But it was embedded. It was embedded into the cavern. It looked like a little castle. It was beautiful. And there was um, crates right next to it, and they were putting stuff into it. So there was a lot of different soldiers and a lot of different people putting these boxes into it. So they called us down, and we started going down closer to this beautiful, beautiful building or castle or whatever you want to call it. It had a lot of windows. It looked like it was vacant. Nobody was living into there when we entered it was probably like 14 16 feet high the arch when you enter into it and then it grows into like 20 feet high arch when you enter into the building and you look around and it's beautiful a lot of statues of like mythological creatures 
looking type, like Greek type of um, mythological creatures. A lot of the gods of the Greeks, Greek gods. I saw a couple of them and then it does like a transitions to to like the Mayans type of dragon looking gargoyle to the sides. And it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. It looked like a type of history type of place that people will go to like a type of museum of of like statues. So this kind of castle like building is inside this massive icy cavern. Yeah, it's inside this massive icy cavern, but everything is like frozen. I think because it's water going in and the temperature, I think, gets lower inside the way it is, 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 is it gets really low temperature. Everything freezes connecting to the structure. So it, it's, it was cold. I tell you that it was really cold. You could feel the wind still because in the cavern, but you can see the sun. You can see, still see the hole of the sun coming in. So you can see the reflection of the granite and all that. So we, we went in, right? And you can see a lot of soldiers working in different spots of this. I'm like, man, what is this? I was freezing. I'm like, what are we doing here? And then it's like, bro, shut up and just go with the flow, man. Just go with the flow. And I'm like, this is too beautiful to be kept like this, you know? I think people should know about these particular places. It's like, well, sometimes these places cannot be disclosed because of national security type of stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. And the security of those that built it. So I guess whatever civilization built this type of castle tower type of thing. In the middle of the of the structure, there's a type of stairway that looks like a tunnel that goes in like really deep. But it had like a round door on it. You can see like a metal round door, like it was blocked. And we saw like at least 30 soldier type people. And there were bigger people than us. Probably 6'6". Six, six. They're huge. Protecting this door. Like nobody can get close to this door. But we can still be close to the structure. So... When I saw the crates of what the other soldiers were carrying out, there were round gold plates stacked up. Gold, a lot of gold, a lot of gold. I never seen so much gold like this. I'm like, man, if this shit is ours, this country just became the richest country in the whole freaking planet. If all this gold is ours, the the room that I saw that had all these plates of gold was probably like a thousands hundreds of thousands of these plates of gold and people were taking them out put them in crates and put them in, in other crates bigger crates like you know the one people use when they put on boats to take to other countries pallets you're talking about pallets no it's not pallets they're putting them in massive crates i like the containers like the containers con yeah they have like at least 30 or 60 containers all set up like this and you had type of trucks that was coming in and heading out to another location that we didn't know where, where they were going so 
so when you're saying those containers, we're talking like those big 40 foot long shipping yeah. containers that can be So they're being filled with all of these gold plates. Yeah, a lot of can gold describe, plates. Can you describe what one of these gold plates look like? I mean, how they, big? They look the size of a regular Frisbee, but they were solid. So they were round, the size of a Frisbee, a sport Frisbee. Mm-hmm. But they're they're thick and they're round and they have like this weird ancient Sumerian writing lines with triangles on on each one. So Dan he was telling me, hey man, I think this is I think this is a type of freaking payment or something. I'm like, bro, but a payment from where? And he was like, man, I heard something about them striking a deal or something like that with technology. He was just talking some random weird shit that we struck a deal with an inner civilization and they told us about this location and that we have to, I guess, split profit to everybody else. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like gold and only gold. That's it. And we were like, bro, this is a lot of freaking gold. Like a lot of gold. And it was that dark, nice gold. Like, you know, that it was like a real, real gold. I picked one up and it felt like probably like 25 pounds. Okay, so just just one of those gold frisbee shaped mm-hmm. plates was 25 pounds. Okay, so I guess that would be like solid gold. Yeah. So. We helped a little bit with the crates and putting it in the container. And each container had a different language on it. I remember seeing like Asian type. I don't know what it was, if it was Japanese, Chinese, but it looked like Asian uh, on the crate. I saw something that resembles Greek on the crates, also Arabic on the crates. Even Hebrew, I saw on the crates. So I'm thinking these crates were going out to these different countries. That's me assuming, you know, why why else the name would be on the crates, on the containers and all that. So we went more in and I saw I saw Nordics in the distance. And they didn't have long hair. Hey, before you talk about the Nordics that you see in the distance, you you first described some guards. At some point in that castle, there were some guards. You said they were like different to the other, different to the soldiers. You guys are there. Huge. There yeah. were huge guards, and I did not want to approach them. Well, what, we, was there anything distinctive about them? Were they, you know, were they human? Were they something else? I don't know. They they were wearing a uniform, and they're were covering their faces but they look huge and chunky looking big people but they were all covered up but they were different to the soldiers i mean the soldiers that you were with and that were there yeah yeah and and even even the weapons were different type of weapons that they have it it looked like guns but the the opening of the gun it looked like a like a flower looking thing that that closes up in the tip of their weapon, they had like something that closed up like a flower 
like a rose before opening up. You know how a rose looks? Mm-hmm. So we didn't want them. <laughs> they told us not to get close to them. So we, we decided, yeah, let's leave those people alone, whoever they are. Um, we don't want no conflict with them. So we just did not want to approach anybody that had weapons and protecting the door. <laughs> let's leave them as it is. And, you know, sometimes when you go on these missions, they tell you not to approach something. Just don't approach them. So some of these uh, beings that were guarding some doorway to some other area of that castle-like structure. And you can see stairs, and then there's a big, like, metal door, like, protecting. So on the stairs, and you have, like, there's at least, like, 20 of them protecting the perimeter. And they're just walking back and forth, talking to each other. They had a really, really low, low tone of voice. I heard English, but there was also different type of language that were they were speaking, not not knowing what what it was. So their uniform it was black as well, and they had like a type of a type of um, metal thing coming out from the right shoulder, and had like a beam that I think it was like a type of light thingy, majiggy, that they can turn on. So we saw that, but it was not turned on. Yeah, they looked, they looked different. Yeah, so I never seen them before. I don't know who they are or what they are, but I did see the Nordics, and they were in a military uniform. Their hair was cut off, and I, I wanted to approach them. They were talking to other soldiers like nothing, telling them what to do and how to do it. They were also there for investigating the the statues and investigating the language that was there in that building so they were doing research on that too so everybody was working together i did see i don't know if i could say grays oh you talk about the grays let's just um, back up a little bit you say you saw the nordics um there as well you know wearing we, we stayed and talked a little bit and all that about the situation that was happening around the world and how they were involved. We, uh, we just asked random questions. Said, hey, man, how, how do you guys fly around those ships? You know, and, and we, we, they, they started laughing. Uh, what ships are you guys are talking about? I'm like, yeah, yeah those, those ships that we see flying around. Beautiful, beautiful spaceships that you guys fly around. And, and I don't know, this is like an inside joke. That when you see a Nordic, you always start talking about the ships. So they get annoyed sometimes because they don't like talking about the ships. So I went close to him and I said, hey, hey, can you tell me any information about these ships? And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, what do you want to know? I was like, hey, but how, how is it inside? So he looked at me really serious. And he's like, what do you want to know? I'm like, no, we just, you know. We, we see you guys flying around a lot, and I, I really want to know, you know, about these ships, about how, how do they fly. He's like, yeah, but what do you want to know? Like, do you guys got gravity inside the ship? And then he told me that each planet has a distinct gravitational pull, right? And each planet has a different oxygen density so the ships mimics 
the planet's gravitational pull inside the ship. So the ships, right? He was telling me that the ship mimics the gravitational pull of the vibration of each planet. So it gets embedded in the DNA of the ship. So say a ship enters Earth atmosphere, right? The ship mimics, it still mimics the planet that they last visit. The atmosphere and the gravitational pull inside the ship. But if they want to change it, they have to go through a heating process. And I'm like, what, what do you mean a heating process? What, what do you mean a heating process? So the way these ships work, they have to go through a heating process in order to mimic the same gravitational pull and, and same oxygen density that the planet has. So they can come to Earth and then leave Earth atmosphere and they still have the gravity inside the ship and the oxygen density inside the ship as if it was Earth still. So I guess the, the ship has a way of mimicking and embedding the type of gravity and the type of oxygen level that the ship visits. It can be any kind of planet. So each planet is is different in size. So if you do see uh, a Nordic that is probably like eight eight foot tall or seven foot tall, and they weigh like three hundred or maybe three hundred fifty pounds, their planet was slightly bigger than ours in the way in the Goldilocks zone of their solar system. So there's planets that look like ours. But the organisms are bigger because the planet has a bigger gravitational pull and probably has a higher oxygen density. I I wasn't understanding as much, but I kind of got the idea about how maybe these ships mimics the gravity and mimics the the oxygen density of each planet that they visit, and and it stays ingrained in the planet's memory. So when, when they do visit these planets, they don't have to go through that heating process. The the ship knows what planet they're in. Because I guess it matches the, the data that they first. You understanding a little bit or. Yeah, I, I get that. So the environmental gravitational variables for different worlds, different locations are Factored into that craft's navigation system, and, and so when they go to different places, they're prepared in the interior of their spacecraft for the exterior things. But I, I assume then they might have like environmental controls, like like we do. Uh, like they might have masks or something. Mm-hmm. Sound, but it sounds like these Nordics that you were talking to that they were. You know, they were breathing the same oxygen, they were walking around. So they're completely acclimated to Earth conditions. Yeah, they're, they're really acclimated to Earth condition. And then there's different oxygen level also on inner Earth type of civilizations. Underwater also is a type of different oxygen density. So, yeah, it could explain why these ships, when they enter to the, enter the water, 
they still keep the same speed and they still keep the same gravity inside the ship and an oxygen level. So, it, yeah, it was quite interesting. He, he told me that. Huh? What were the Nordics doing there? I mean, you, it seems like your team was there to observe or to help in the movement of that gold into the containers. What were the Nordics doing? They were investigating the the statues and the language that was there. So they were just investigating the area. I guess they'd never been there before. They never saw something like this before. So they were just putting one and one together, trying to figure out who are these people and why was everybody else receiving this type of gold and what is this gold for? This was real gold. There's a lot of money involved here. This is the most gold I've ever seen in my life. Quite interesting, this particular mission. After we talked to the Nordics in the distance, I saw what looked like greys, but we did not approach these entities. They were wearing all black. I could see in the distance their big eyes, but I don't know if it was a type of helmet because it was too shiny. Uh, their long fingers, I could see it. They were talking to some other... I think they were Marines that they were talking to or communicating with. They were really far. I, I could see them probably like 70 yards away, but they're, they're distinct looking. You know, they got big heads, bigger heads. Yeah, they were like pointing to the Marines, like what was happening and uh, you know, ships around uh, their ships around. But I could see them talking to a marine uniform type of military personnel i could tell that it was marine because it's a darker greenish camouflage color so so these grays i mean some people talk about uh, of course gray extraterrestrials and then there's also programmed life forms in other words grays that are cloned by these uh, space programs or the secret projects so mm-hmm. in, in idea, were these extraterrestrials or could they have been, you know, these programmed life forms? Do not know. I wasn't close enough to tell, but I knew they looked like greys. Uh, but I, I don't know. And we wasn't asking a lot of questions. The first conversation we had was, was with that Nordic being. It's because he was working with some of us. So with other people that were doing investigation on the artwork and the language that were part of the military. So we we just took advantage and got close to them and just started talking to them. So so was there a kind of clear mission goal that you you guys had? I mean the five of you what was your primary objective in going to this location? We were helping out. I I moved like probably like 18 crates of of gold. It took me like an hour and 30 to to move those crates around there it was non-stop with all these guys a lot of heavy work it was just moving them to one place to another making sure they go into the right place right crate you have higher people showing you what container they were going into yeah we were just there helping out and i guess they only use people that has been through particular missions and they use people that are comfortable with these type of situations and missions. So I guess everybody that was there 
and there was a lot of people. I can't estimate. There was probably like in all 150 of military personnel, but that's including the the Nordics and the Greys and those other guys. So there's like 150 people in all there with other four wheelers type of vehicles that they had that has like six wheels. It was quite interesting, Doc, the situation. So some guy, he came, I think he was a higher ranking dude, but he had a mask on. He's like, hey, we're not going to need you guys no more. Um, I think we got this handled. And then Dan was like, man, what's the freaking point of this? What the hell is going on? Like, what, what was the freaking point of this? You know? And he was just confused of crap out. He was like, they can have other people doing this crap, you know? What is the point for us to come down to here and all that? So when I was telling that same thing to, to the guy that gives me the green light to talk about these things, he says, they want you to talk about this. That's the main reason about all these missions. They, they just want you to talk about this and let the public know what's going on and that this is happening and keeping it in record that this is happening. So when this does come out, it won't be as a shocker for a lot of people that are awake and know this information. So some of these missions do not make sense sometimes, but when I'm here talking to you, Doc, and we put this out and other people hear this, and it's probably other people that's been going through this too. They 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 do feel a type of release. They, they feel a, a type of happiness that this information is coming out because they know, you know, it's not kept from them. So they they feel like a sense of release when they they do hear this. The people that are doing these missions and they hear these interviews because they know that other people and other nations are hearing about this information and. This is not happening only over here in our homeland. It's happening also in other countries as well. These types of weird missions that people go through. And it's, it's weird, but we, we finished. They told us to leave. And we were heading back to the top part of where the helicopter lands. And we waited 40 minutes up there. It's cold, cold, cold. Helicopter came in. We got on, they gave us a shot again. We got we got the shot again. After 10 minutes, I started dozing off and I dozed off. We woke up again. We ended up back to where we began with the SUV. And Dan was like, this is bullshit, man. This is crazy. Why? Like, I don't want them to use me no more. You know, like, why do I have to go through this? Like, Dan. Just run with it. He's like, shut up, man. <laughs> so I said the same thing to him that he told he told me, like, just run with it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but I just don't understand. This is senseless. It's like everything that happens sometimes is for a reason. I, I'm glad I talked to that Nordic. I got something out of it, you know, about probably how they, their ships run and all that. So that was quite well. I got that. These guards were different from us, and they're probably a different civilizations that we don't know about that live on Earth. And 
but we don't know what type of technology that they have and we don't know why i assume that the whole building is theirs of those people that were guarding the, the entrance and i think like dan said i think it was like a payment of some sort to the outer earth people of some sort of deal that went down yeah that's very interesting i kind of like wonder what kind of a deal was struck because it sounds like all of that gold that was being collected was going to be shipped off to different parts of the world but even though that's an ancient civilization that was found or that where the gold was found was in this ancient structure castle whatever in in this location somewhere in the northern parts of the united states that they would ship that to other countries so yeah that would suggest some kind of agreement is happening maybe this this is being found all over the place uh, similar things are happening in other countries where some of the stuff is being shipped to america that's my guess yeah maybe a technology switch i don't know but we were puzzled when we came back and dan was like yeah, i don't get this shit like man i just want to get out i'm like bro just run with it we came back like any other day we saw the helicopters leaving and i took my phone out and i took a video of the helicopters leaving the area and i was like go go yeah it was it was quite interesting the mission okay so you did send me a video of the helicopters it was dark you you could hear helicopters and I could hear someone saying go 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 mm -hmm. so that's so that's video i mean is that something we can release with this recording or something we have to hold on to um yes it could be released That's great. I think people will be happy about that. So any final things you want to say about that mission? When did it when did it happen? I mean, today's Thursday. Tuesday. Twenty uh, second. So we're we talking two days ago? Two days ago. Okay. So this happened uh, on Tuesday, February twenty. Okay, that's that's great to know. So now you have created a youtube channel and an instagram channel you you want to maybe say to the audience that aren't familiar or haven't found that yet you know why you created those channels or what you plan to put up on those channels these channels i will be putting hints of my next missions and probably thoughts that i get sometimes about situations in life and how people should think when they experience these situations i think it will be good i'm connecting with a lot of people that are saying that they've been through these type of situations that by keywords when i talk to them i know that they've been through these certain situations by me vetting them in a certain way 
I could tell if they're telling the truth or not. So there's a couple people that I think they're genuine of going through these type of things, especially in Brazil and other different countries. So it's quite interesting, the connection. And yeah, putting things out and, you know, the real updates will always be with with you, Doc. After I drop an update with you and after this information comes out, I will put other hints of things that are happening around around us and soon to be revealed. So, yeah, I'm really happy. Yeah, Instagram, jp.missions, and then the the YouTube video is jp, jp, jp. That's great. I'll put links in this video description for people that want to go to the YouTube or go to the Instagram account. So any final words you want to say to our Brazilian and uh, Spanish friends? So, a uh, todos os brasileiros, obrigado uh, por seguir eu. Estou muito agradecido por vocês. Amo muito vocês. Para todo que hablan español también, agradezco todo lo que están me siguiendo. Y los amos. Y, y estamos aquí juntos. We're, uh, a gente estamos juntos fazendo, tra trazendo esta formación para todo el mundo. Yeah, I basically said that um, I'm really happy with the support and we're going to bring more information out just for people not to be in the dark, you know, about what's happening. So that's the most important thing, you know, share this information and, and people will be happy about what they hear. Okay, well, fantastic. Thank you, JP, for sharing. I know people always appreciate you giving updates on what has been happening. And I'm sure people will be fascinated to learn about this uh, really incredible discovery somewhere concerning all of the all of this kind of like gold that's being discovered and the agreements that's behind it and the different ET groups that are also kind of monitoring all of this. So thank you, JP. Roger, Roger that. Appreciate you, Doc, for everything that you do. And yeah, people, people are going to be shocked when all this information comes out to the public about these different type of things that are happening worldwide and in our solar system. You have been listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com. Thank you.